In today's video, we're going to be talking about the best Gaia has to offer. We're talking about the Simba. Hello everyone, welcome to the Maple Table. My name's Nathaniel. This is a channel where we discuss role-playing games, so if that's something you're interested in, I would love to have you join me at the table. Really quick before we get into the video today, I just wanted to apologize for my lack of uploads last week. There is a really good reason for it. My wife gave birth to our second child, so I am now a proud dad of two. I also had my birthday last week as well, so there was just kind of a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, cool birthday gift for me. Got a kid. I haven't showered in two days. <laughs> the Simba represent the best that Gaia has to offer. They are proud. They are regal. They are extremely powerful. They're also arrogant, domineering, and malicious. Historically, the Simba have been a symbol of the strength and unity of Gaia. But now the Simba fueled by their massive, massive egos, feel like they should be ruling the entirety of the changing breeds. Not many Simba are content to follow orders, they prefer to be giving them. This makes the Simba absolutely terrible team players. And all of this is on display in the current warlord of the Simba, who is trying to take over Africa in some of the most unpleasant ways imaginable. Let's start off with the Simba tribal organization. It gets extremely complex. If you think a single blended family is an issue, well, hold on to your butts. You will not do well in a Simba society. The basic unit of a Simba tribe is very simple on the surface. You have one or two male Simba lions who rule a court of multiple females. Did I mention that their society is extremely male dominated, macho, and definitely patriarchal to an oppressive amount? So here's where it gets complicated. Breeding between Simbas is forbidden. As a result, many of the Simba prides contain not only Simbas, but they also contain human kin and lion kin, with a ratio of about one male to every three females. And it should also come as no surprise that the males of the Simba prides tend to have multiple wives. These wives will then in turn have three to five litters of Simba cubs or kids, so you can see how the family dynamic would become a bit of a problem. There are also some Simba prides that maintain an equal number of lion kin and human kin, and this makes for even more complicated family relationships. Once we go further than the cluster of tribes that make up the Simba changing breed, you will find that the Simba prides are ruled by the strongest Simbas. Many of their disputes are actually solved via ritual or ritual combat. This then creates the hierarchy that the stronger prides get the first pick of animal kin or human kin. They also get the first choice of sacred rites, first choice of resources, and the first choice of sacred sites. Many of these sites would then be used for the Simba Karens. So while the Simba do have their hierarchy, it is a loose collection of rank. There really isn't a formal system in place to say you are this high, this means you get this much stuff. Essentially, it creates a pecking order for the Simba, and that's what you get. The strongest gets the first choices, and then you sort of move down the list. And the only way to improve your ranking in this hierarchy would be to have a combat and prove that you are stronger than the person who is in front of you. So where can the Simba be found? 
The lion population has been decreasing throughout Africa, and what this has meant for the Simba is that instead of being entirely through the continent of Africa, they have moved from the north and the southern points more towards the center. And in effect, they have been consolidating many prides through this moving process. Outside of Africa, wild lions can only be found in one region, and this would be on the western coast of India. There was once a sizable population of Simba throughout the Indian continent, but the War of Rage destroyed nearly the entirety of this population of lions. Even after the War of Rage had ended, many of the Simba who lived in this particular region, they just didn't travel, and they didn't make their existence very well known either, which meant that their numbers did not grow very quickly. In the modern day and a show of the changing times, there are rumors of a strangely accented female Simba who holds secret court with Blacktooth. And these meetings are so secret that even the closest of Blacktooth's council are not allowed to participate in these meetings. No one who's seen this dark-eyed female Simba knows where she comes from. It is assumed that she is from the lost Simba tribe that resided in Western India. But the fact that she takes counsel in secret with Blacktooth doesn't bode well for the rest of Simba kind. So what does a Simba look like? Probably a lot like what you're expecting it to. Simbas are massively built, and they are actually quite gorgeous to look at in all of their forms. Perhaps it's the regal air that tends to surround a Simba wherever they go. A hallmark of a Simba is also their beautiful manes. In their feline forms, they will have varying degrees of mane hair depending on what form they take. And in their human forms, they will be known for having luxurious hair. And the females, well, they tend to look graceful and athletic in whatever form they're in. And as I mentioned, no matter what form you see a Simba in, their presence is jaw-droppingly awe-inspiring. One important Simba who I've touched on in this video but haven't actually covered in depth is Blacktooth. This is the current warlord of the Simba, and he resides over Africa and is trying to bring all of the changing breeds in Africa, not only just the Simba, but all of them, under his heel. He is feared, he is vile, he is vicious, and he embodies all of the positive and negative traits that Simba possess. Stay tuned, as Blacktooth will get his own video, it will just not be in this one, as I feel he's important enough to get dedicated time and there's enough to talk about with him. And this will bring us to the Yava of the Simba. If you make a rope of a Simba's mane and tie them up with it, they will be unable to break it. This next Yava is a little bit more eccentric. To defeat a lion, you must steal its roar. If you steal his roar, you may learn a little bit about the nature or the soul of the Simba who possessed it. And that Simba will also not attack you. At least until he gets his roar back, then you screwed. And finally, the patriarchy isn't all that bad for them. It is pretty bad. But at least with this particular Yava, it does give them a slight more positive. No male Simba can kill their wife or allow anyone else to do the same. I like the Simba. I know I've said that about almost all of the tribes that I've covered, but I feel like the Simba, they are very intertwined to not only some of the other changing breeds around, see the Ajaba, and that's what I enjoy about it, is their history is more connected than it is more singular or insular. It makes them more integrated with the world of darkness, and I feel like that's a, a huge plus. 
You're going to find that Simba characters will give Khan characters a run for their money as well, at least in physical stature. And in continuing with the Blacktooth themes, there's quite a bit of stories that you could tell using Blacktooth or even another Simba as an antagonist. Not to mention that they would also make a great quest giver, as they like to be giving the orders. So if you were looking for something to integrate into your next campaign or your next story arc, maybe a Simba would be a good choice for this. This is a breed that is reserved for those A-type personalities. The real driven. The real go-getters. Please check out Twitter and Facebook in the links below, as this is where I keep the channel news most current. My name's Nathaniel. You've been watching The Maple Table. Thank you so much for your subscription. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.